Hey church, welcome back. I hope you are ready for the word. Man, what an awesome day. Today is Good Friday. Come on. Tell your neighbor it's a Good Friday. It's a Good Friday. Type in the chats. It's a Good Friday. Come on. It's going to be awesome today. I hope you're ready for a good word. Get your books and your pens ready. We're going to get into the scripture today. Um, you know, if you're a believer in Jesus, if you are a believer and you're in Christ, Friday is not the only good day. Every day is good. Saturday is a good day. Sunday is a good day. Monday is a good day. Every day is a good day. You know why? Because Psalm 27 and verse 13 says, I remain confident that I will see the goodness of God in the land of the living. I mean, that is powerful right there. He's confident. I remain confident that I will see the goodness. I will experience the goodness of God in the land of the living. So there's not just one day that was good. Every day is good. If you're in Christ Jesus, you come out of this system of time and you begin to experience God has set you up to experience His goodness every single day. Today, (laughs) the title of my message is Three Days. Three Days. Type in the chat and say three days. Tell your neighbor three days. Three days. These three days changed everything for not only humanity but also all of creation. Three days has changed past, present and our future. We're living in the future that Christ has created for us. But it began with three days. And today I'm going to take you through those three days and its significance to our lives. Okay. So it has been said that every past movement, every past revolution, reformation uh, that has happened uh, in, in history, every uprising that has happened in history has always started with a person, an individual that has been inspired by a thought. That inspiration has caused this individual to lead a group of people to move in a certain direction according to that thought process. Uh, So whether it's a movement, whether it's an uprising, whether it's a revolution or even a reformation for that matter, all these movements had a beginning which started with a person and it ended with that person dying. But there was something about Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ did not come to start a movement, neither did he come to start a reformation, neither did he come to start a revolution. Jesus came to bring the kingdom of God on earth as it is in heaven. Jesus' life on earth was about one thing and one thing only. It is to bring the kingdom of God on earth as earth as it is in heaven, which means the earth had looked like something in heaven. The earth, according to God, looked like something. So God's intention for the earth and where the earth was during the time of Jesus did not match together. I want to ask you the question. Does your life and what God's intention for your life match together? Because if it's not, today is your moment to really come into this place where you submit to the intention for of God's purpose for your life, God's will for your life. Because whether you like it or not, it is going to happen on earth as it is in heaven. So you can say your name. I'm going to say my name. John's life on earth as it is in heaven. 
You've got to put your name there. Shebu, your life on earth as it is in heaven. You've got to put your name there, Stan, and say Stan's life on earth as it is in heaven. If you can only understand what God is trying to say to us through a simple sentence, you will understand the significance of these three days. So, three days that completely changed history. It completely changed the present life that we live and it completely changed our, the direction of the future that we have as, as humanity. And in fact, all of creation, really the future of all of creation changed because of these three days, of what happened on these three days. That's why Good Friday all the way to Easter Sunday is such a, an auspicious moment in, in, in our lives as Christians, in our lives as believers in Christ, this, these days are, are significant to our faith. And so I want, to, I want you to not just look at it as just, oh, these are holidays, Easter holidays. No, these are not Easter holidays. This is the moment when we come together to, to allow what Jesus has instituted through these three days to begin to happen in our lives. So if your life and heaven is not matching together, these three days are significant for you so that you can come in alignment with God's perfect will and f- for your life. So come on somebody, today is going to be an awesome, awesome day. And so now what we, we need to understand that what Jesus had did on those three days actually did not start on those three days. It's a culmination of or compounding of every word that began in the beginning. When the Bible says in the beginning, God, it was from that moment that the word was released into the world. And from that moment, there's a culmination of every word, every syllable, every letter, every prophecy that was ever spoken in the Old Testament was a culmination into Jesus's life where he manifested and it crescendoed into these three days. So you must understand the whole of history was was pivoting on these three days, on what happened on these three days. This is super significant for us. This is powerful church. We've got to understand that these three days are not just holidays. These three days literally defined your future. We see that in John chapter 2 that Jesus is... Uh, is is having a moment. Have you ever had a moment? You know, Jesus is having a moment that he dislikes what is happening around him. Have you had that? I have it all the time. And so, uh, uh, and and there are things that that are that were happening in the temple, and Jesus is in the temple and he's watching these things. They, 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 there's buying and selling of of goats and sheep and uh, and calves and pigeons and doves and all that stuff that's happening in the temple. Just imagine you went to a church service and in the church service they brought in calves and, and sheep and, and, and you know and doves and there are people sitting there going, okay, I'll, I'll change your money because the people came from other, other nations to worship in the temple but they didn't have the currency to give into uh, the temple according to the currency of the land and so now they would take that currency and they would exchange, they're called money changers. And so you had those people sitting in the temple and Jesus is looking at all of this stuff that should be good and sac- for the sacrifices that they were coming to bring, the offerings. And Jesus says, hold on a minute, this is not my father's house. This, is this, this stuff should not be happening in my father's house. So he gets up, he walks out, and he makes a, a, a whip uh, uh, out, of, uh, out of a cord. And then he comes back in and he drives all these people out. 
and when you must understand jesus is not an ordinary guy he is god he is fully god fully man okay and he drives out they they said during the festival during during that time there could be any anywhere between 5000 to 50000 people in the temple and jesus overturned the tables of the money changers hello and he drove these people out of the out of the temple and he said this is my father's house so now the jews come to jesus because they're upset that jesus what are you doing this is something that we've done this is our tradition and jesus they come to jesus and they question his authority and they say show us a sign that proves to us i'm paraphrasing now show us a sign that proves to us that you have the authority to drive all these people out and claim that this is your father's temple and so jesus says he reveals the sign and he says 3 days come on man yeah he says the sign that i'm going to show you is destroy this temple and i will build it up in 3 days 3 days jesus was the, this he revealed the strategy in john chapter 2 and he says 3 days in 3 days i will build it up again you must understand the significance ladies and gentlemen jesus is saying he was not talking about just the physical temple but he was talking about his body he's talking about the church he's talking about your body as the temple of the holy ghost you must understand jesus is saying that i will offer my body to you to be destroyed he offered his body to be destroyed and he said you will destroy this temple and in 3 days i will raise it up again come on now he was so he his spirit man jesus was so detached from the flesh that he that he would offer his body to be destroyed come on this is powerful this is very mystical this is a mystical life where you so you are so detached from the flesh that you now understand the purpose of the body And Jesus said okay the purpose of this body his body was to be destroyed so that he can raise it up again oh wow what if we begin to live our lives like that where we're not so dependent and we're not submitted to the needs of the body but actually we understand what is the purpose of this body that you God has given you what is the purpose of this temple that God has given you when you detach yourself you detach your processes out of your flesh that's when you'll understand that this is your body is a tool the bible says use your use your body as vessels or instruments of righteousness and so jesus now is saying hey listen guys i'm going to i'm going to give up my body i'm going to give up this temple and you will destroy it hello he's prophesying his own destruction but he's also saying in 3 days Three days, I will raise it up again. Come on, church! This is powerful. When you get sick in your body, don't come under subjection of the sickness, but say, "Hold on a minute! I've got a purpose for this body. God's got a purpose for this body. Step out of it. Step out of submission to sickness, and say, 'Hold on a minute! You be healed because God has a purpose for this body.' It's amazing that Jesus reveals the sign of three days." to the Jews and his disciples hear it but i want to highlight three very important things that is that happened on those 3 days that is very significant to us so romans chapter 6 and we'll read from verses 3 and he says 
Do you not know that all of us who have been baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death? We were buried therefore with him by baptism into death in order that just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, we too might walk in the newness of life. Now, we're going to go through this verse by verse and he says in verse 3, Do you not know that all of us who have been baptized, baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death? Many of, our, many of us have watched the Passion of the Christ and we have a, an emotional uh, uh, response and an emotional uh, reaction to Jesus' suffering on the cross. And please, I'm not taking anything away from it. Jesus did suffer on the cross. But it is only one side of what happened. You must understand that if you have only... Uh, you're, you're only you only relate to Christ and his suffering on the cross and you don't relate to the, the, what you've received because of that suffering, uh, the spiritual significance of it, then this whole three days is an imbalance in your life. It's very important that we understand that we have been baptized, submerged, we are, we're, we're been, we've been submerged into Christ Jesus. He's not talking about the symbolic water baptism here. He's not just only talking about that. He's talking about a spiritual baptism into the very consciousness of Christ that existed from the beginning of time. When God said, uh, let us make man according to our image. When he spoke and said, let there be light. When the word was released, when God spoke his word... That's when the consciousness of Christ came to the earth and is being compounding over a period of time and manifested into Christ himself and then it crescendoed to this moment of these three days. But he's talking about being baptized into Christ Jesus, which means that you had to be, you had to come from, a, from another baptism, another consciousness into the consciousness of Christ. You've, baptism in those days were, were disciples used to be baptized publicly by, uh, by their teacher. So, and with Jesus, were baptized into his teaching. What makes you different is that you've given up, you're dead now to all the teachings of the world. All the consciousness that you've had, the secular consciousness that you've had, or, or the, the consciousness of the medical field, uh, the consciousness of you know IT and technology and and all of this stuff, the consciousness of that, you've, you've, you've said, no, no, I'm not receiving life from that. Now I'm choosing now to be a disciple of the consciousness of Christ, which is his word. And so now when you're baptized into his word, that's when Paul says that you were baptized into his death. It's very important that you understand this. That when you were baptized with Christ, you were also baptized into his death. When you were baptized into his word, you were baptized into his death. Immediately. When you, every time you are receiving the word now, you're experiencing death to life. Death to life. 
death to life. Every area of your life where, where you've received revelation in, you're experiencing the newness of life. You experience death, burial, resurrection every time you receive revelation. So that's what we call, in our church, we call the renewing of the mind. The renewing of the mind, or transformation happens by the renewing of the mind. So that renewing of the mind is revelation comes, divine revelation comes. I say no to the old revelation and I say yes to the new revelation of God. And that revelation now I choose to get baptized into it, which means I die to my old self. And now this revelation, boom, brings me back to life and gives me the newness of life that Paul is actually talking about. We were baptized into his death. Now, the death of Christ, the crucifixion of Christ, you know, the cross of Jesus Christ is one of the most, you know, iconic symbols of Christianity. Everybody, if you wear a cross, they know, okay, some sort of Christian, some sort of, you know, whatever denomination, whatever it is, you know, people have a cross on their house, on the front door. Okay, we know this is a Christian. So, so people, the cross is the one symbol that Christianity is identified by. But let me tell you something. In those days, many people died on the cross. Not just Jesus. Jesus wasn't the first one who, who was crucified. There were many people before him. In fact, there were two people, thieves, who were crucified next to Jesus. How come we don't believe there was no power in their crucifixion, but there was something about Jesus Christ's crucifixion and his death on that cross that really brings us new life. So we have to detach ourselves from the emotional crucifixion that we that we so relate to and we need to come into this place where we have a balanced understanding that being dead, buried and resurrected not only happens on the cross, but it happens every single day when we receive the word and allow our minds to be renewed. So the crucifixion was one of the most cruel and humiliating way for a person to die. It was public execution. It was even more gruesome. But there was something about Jesus' crucifixion that was different to all the other crucifixions that happened. That happened before Jesus and after Jesus. We see so many saints in history. When we read his church history, we see so many saints were crucified. Some of the disciples were crucified upside down. But the cross, ladies and gentlemen, is only the method of death that Jesus experienced. See, Jesus, what's different about Jesus is that Jesus is the Son of God who manifested in flesh. God chose to become flesh. And He chose to become flesh that took on the sin of the world. The thieves who were dying on the cross next to Jesus did not take any sin of the world. They did not, they were not God. Only Jesus was God on that cross. And when he came into the world, the reason why he came in flesh is because he chose to become one with us. He chose to become, he made the choice to become one with us so that we now through his death, burial and resurrection can become one with him. But Jesus, when you and I 
got baptized now now we need to go a little deeper but you must understand that every time i talk about jesus now i'm actually talking about you i want you to go to romans now chapter 5 and i want to show you the difference between uh, two men the old man and the new man okay verse 12 romans chapter 5 and verse 12 says therefore just as sin came into the world through one man and death through sin and so death spread to all men because all sinned wow this is very interesting he's saying therefore just as sin came into the world through one man who's that one man adam we know that adam and eve had an issue they fell in the garden but it was not just a simple problem ladies and gentlemen sin the ability to miss the mark the ability to to miss god uh, in our daily in our choices every single day that ability came into the dna of every human being up until jesus christ so you must understand from adam to jesus christ is one man you must understand it's a it's a compounding if this is very mystical but you must understand it the, from adam yes there were many people that were born but all of them were born under adam they were born of his seed they were born of, of adam's uh, dna was in them and through them into every human being up until jesus christ i want you to go to romans chapter 5 let's read verse 17 for if because of one man's trespass death reigned through that one man wow so which means because of sin the bible says that the wages of sin is death okay we're talking about the first stage now death burial resurrection talking about death now the reason why it was important for jesus to die on the cross was because of one man's trespass because of adam's sin adam and eve's sin in the garden every single human being up until jesus death reigned in their life death reigned death was a wage because they sinned they naturally missed the mark they naturally could not follow god they had the prophets they killed the prophets they had that's kings there were so many kings there were so many priests all of that stuff and they constantly missed god all of humanity missed god up until jesus showed up on the scene it says death reigned through that one man much more will those who receive the abundance of grace and the free gift of righteousness reign in life through the one man Jesus Christ come on so we have adam that one man the consciousness of that one man let me put it like that the consciousness of that one man living all the way till jesus and when jesus paid the price when he took the sin of the world upon his back and he paid that price as that one man now he gave birth to a new man i would love for you to go uh, to colossians chapter 2 and we'll read verses 13 onwards and it says this and you who were dead in your trespasses and the uncircumcision of your flesh god made alive together with him having forgiven us all of our trespasses which means before christ every single human being that lived under adam was already dead 
They were not physically dead. They were spiritually dead. But you must understand that their spiritual death compounded and was manifested in the physical death of Christ. It's very important that you understand that the Bible says that we were dead in our trespasses, dead in our choices. We were already dead in our sin. So everyone who was born under Adam were spiritually dead. They were, they were spiritually dead, which means they had no connection with God. They had no interaction with God. Uh, and, they, and they rightfully, they were, they were on the earth and they had no, no spiritual input. There was no life from God sustaining their bodies. And generation after generation was experiencing death because of one man's trespass. And it says this, and, though, and you who were dead in your trespasses and the uncircumcision of your flesh, God made alive together with him, having forgiven us our trespasses. So which means on the cross, there was something that shifted in God. There was something that shifted between God and man. What was that? He forgave you of your trespasses because the price was paid. So which means there were two things that happened on that cross when Jesus died. Why is the, the death of Jesus so significant to us is because... He died as you, but he also paid the price as you. He didn't just pay the price for you, but he paid the price as you on the cross. But the second thing is he paid your debt on that cross. He paid for your death on that cross, which means he took your debt, which means you were supposed to die but Jesus took death on that cross. He took your penalty. He paid your wage. He took your debt. It was not only just the price, but also the act of death. The experience of death. He took it on that cross. Gruesome as it may be, Jesus took it on your behalf. He took it as you. That's powerful. This is why we don't just... The death of Jesus is not just a... Uh, a small thing that we talk in passing. It is the most significant moment. It's the most pivotal moment of our spiritual life. It is the it is the moment where Jesus died as you, and that is the moment when you turn from being dead into being alive in Christ. The new man, Jesus Christ, the consciousness of this new man. His death was so graphic. That every single person who heard about what Jesus did, who Jesus was and what Jesus did on their behalf, and everyone who believed in Jesus now began to come under Jesus. They came out of Adam and came under Jesus. I want you to go back to Colossians chapter 2 again and we'll read verse 13 and 14 again. And it says this, And you who were dead in your trespasses and the uncircumcision of your flesh, God made alive together with him, having forgiven us, having forgiven us our trespasses. And this is how he did it. By cancelling the record of debt that stood against us with its legal demands. Which means when you were under Adam, when you were under that old man, the Adamic man, there was a record that was written about you. Come on now. There were books that were written. Every thought you had, every choice you made, every decision, who you married, why you married, whatever, whatever, whatever your choices are, whether everything 
because you were in sin all of them were counted as trespasses you must understand that even though people were trying to be holy it's still they could not be holy because they were so far from god they had no spiritual connection with god where god's god's holiness made them holy but you see people now who were in the adamic man every choice that you made there was a record that was written and so now when jesus was buried the bible says that he he ascended into heaven but i want to read this if god cancelled the record of debt which means everything that was written against you every record of debt which means the bill that you had to pay that bill was cancelled he cancelled the record of debt that stood against us with its legal demands which means debt was a legal demand because there was proof that you were a sinner and this he set aside nailing to the cross he disarmed the rulers and authorities and put them to open shame by triumphing over them in him it's amazing you are this is such a beautiful moment because jesus when he was buried when we were buried with jesus jesus was was taken before the father he went before the father and now there was a record in heaven against you the adamic man and that record now because of jesus's price because he paid the price on behalf of all of humanity now that record was cancelled that record on behalf of all of humanity was cancelled some of us don't have the the awareness that that record doesn't exist anymore but as christians this is our foundation we begin here we begin with the when we start believing jesus when we start believing his word when we when we're born again by his word we that record gets cancelled in heaven it's not cancelled by you being a christian and doing good works no it it starts off by the record being cancelled so that you can do good works Jesus' price that he paid once and for all completely wiped out your record. So you must understand, there was a record of you and there was a witness against you. When you were in the Adamic man, there was a record written and a witness against you. You must understand, something has to witness against you and that was your conscience. Your conscience in the Adamic man was witnessing every single thing that you did when nobody was watching when you thought god wasn't watching guess what your conscience was watching you it was witnessing it was experiencing what you were what you were doing and now you have a written record against you and a conscience that testified against you now when jesus went before the father it completely he completely wiped the written record but also cleansed your conscience so that there's no written record and no witness against you so now you stand before god completely righteous blameless and holy i want to show you this in in hebrews chapter 9 hebrews chapter 9 and we'll read verse 12 and it says this he entered once and for all into the holy places not by means of the blood of goats and calves but by means of his own blood 
thus securing eternal redemption. Wow, eternal redemption. He secured eternal redemption for you and me. For if the blood of goats and bulls and the sprinkling of the defiled persons with the ashes of the heifer uh, sanctify for the purification of the flesh, how much more will the blood of Christ, how much more will the blood of Christ, how much more will the blood of Christ, who through the eternal spirit offered himself without blemish to God, purify our conscience from dead works to serve the living God. There you go. It is it is in the scripture. So when Jesus was buried, ladies and gentlemen, he, he went before God with pure, with his blood, pure blood. And the Bible says that he, he put the blood on the mercy seat and his blood began to testify for you. It began to testify a good word for you. It began to cry out like, like it, it, not like Abel's blood that cried out for vengeance, but Jesus' blood cries out for mercy. And God did not hear your conscience, but he heard the conscience of Christ testifying on your behalf. This is so powerful. These three days are the most power-packed days in our spiritual life. And you can experience these three days every day. That is why it's a good day. Every day is a good day. Now, the resurrection of Jesus took place because Jesus fulfilled all the requirements. Not only in spirit, but also in the body. His body, which was in the grave, now was sanctified by the price that Jesus has paid. It is only then that the Holy Spirit was sent to raise Jesus from the dead. You must understand how powerful this is. This happens to us on a daily basis, ladies and gentlemen. We experience this every time we receive revelation. The Holy Spirit quickens us, quickens our mortal bodies. It quickens our mortal bodies every time we receive new revelation. The reason why Jesus was resurrected from the dead was because he fulfilled all the requirements of righteousness. And because you have become one with him in his death, his burial, you also became one with him in his resurrection. So if Jesus was raised from the dead, it meant that you also were raised from the dead. If Jesus fulfilled all the righteous requirements of the Father, it meant that if you are now in Christ, you fulfilled all the righteous requirements of the Father. It meant that your body now, which is on the earth, is now the host, is now ready for the Holy Spirit to resurrect from every dead work that you have ever done. Every, every dead experience that you could have ever had, the Holy Spirit removes the option of death. It doesn't exist because sin doesn't exist anymore. Christ has wiped it completely clean. There is no more sin, past, present, and your future has been completely cleansed by the blood of Jesus. It doesn't exist because you are in Christ. Resurrection 
is a hotly debated subject in other religions other religious leaders and people from other religions will say no 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 this resurrection did not happen they stole his body no 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 how can this guy come back how can a man come back to life how can how can he come back to life now ladies and gentlemen according to scripture we put our faith in scripture and we believe that when like paul says in hebrews uh, in romans chapter 6 he says if you were buried with if you were if you identify if you are baptized into his death you were also baptized into his burial and also into his resurrection you can't just identify that jesus died for you on the cross and not identify with jesus raising being resurrected from the dead you've got to identify with all three see resurrection you know in luke chapter 24 we see some of the disciples going to jesus's grave um and they take some spices to go to his grave they weren't making curry they were taking spices to anoint his body <laughs> because that's what they did in those days uh, and so they go to the, they're going towards the, the the tomb of jesus and they up, they they look at at the at the 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 stone on the grave and it was moved away and they 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 go into the grave and they can't find jesus and the bible says that they were perplexed which means they were shocked they were dumbfounded they were like oh my god what is happening over here i can't process right now they could not process they were so in shock right at that moment that they did not even notice two men standing with them the bible says in bright apparel like i have lights around me right now while i'm preaching i do notice them but these people were so shocked he was dead just two days ago just two days ago three days ago this man we put him here where is he gone they could not even notice these angels standing in bright apparel next to them and the angels say something so profound that is that is so significant to us and they say this why are you looking for the living among the dead wow why are you looking for the living among the dead He wasn't talking about the graveyard because Jesus wasn't put in a graveyard. So it wasn't like oh there were so many dead people around here. No. They came to them and said, "Why are you you are now a believer in Christ. The price has been paid. He's resurrected, which means every person after that who was born who is living in that time now to heaven, you're no longer dead. You're living. And so the angels come to them and says, "Hey listen, he's not here. He's risen. Did he tell you that?" And they were like, "Oh, yeah, he did. I remember. Yeah, so he's not here. What are you doing here? Go and celebrate cuz Jesus is not dead, but he is alive. He is the only leader of this global transformation that death tried to overcome, but he defeated death in the grave he defeated death in the grave he overcame sick he overcame sin he overcame sickness and he overcame death in the grave 
When you put somebody in the grave, they go through the process of returning to dust. For those who are in Christ Jesus, that option doesn't exist anymore. You have to you have to allow your mind to be renewed by that word. If you allow your mind to be renewed by that word, you will go, you will identify yourself with Jesus' death. He's, I've already died with Jesus. I was already buried with Jesus. And three days later, I was resurrected in Christ. We don't identify with death anymore. We identify ourselves with abundance of life. We don't look forward to, to death and dying. We look forward to living and living an abundant life. This three days is super significant for us as a church. But Romans chapter 8 and verse 11 says this, that the same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead, you must understand, that same spirit that came to Jesus' body because righteousness was fulfilled, now lives in you. He doesn't come to raise you. He lives. Resurrection life lives in you. And He gives life to your mortal bodies. So an immortal God lives in a mortal body. That combination is phenomenal and people even in the church don't want to agree with this statement. How can God do this to you? Yeah, if you believe that Jesus died for you, you've got to believe that He is resurrected for you. And if He's resurrected, the same spirit of resurrection came and now is living in your mortal body. And He's giving life to your body. You cannot celebrate Easter by celebrating only the death and burial of Jesus and not celebrating your resurrection and your future life because of the resurrection power that lives on the inside of you. Come on. The same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead lives in you and gives life to your mortal bodies. So the life that we now live in the flesh is this eternal life. The spirit of God living the, why the resurrection is so significant to us, why it's important for us to identify ourselves with death, burial and resurrection is because what God has given to us is His spirit of eternal life. That eternal life, the Zoe life that God gives to us, not only enables us to live, it also empowers us to live with God. See, a lot of the times when you read through the Bible, whenever there's an angel that visited a a person, the power of God on that angel, the life that was in that angel because they were before the throne of God, that there was so much that people fell on their faces. And you know, the Bible says that some even thought that they were dead. But after resurrection, when the Spirit of God begins to live on the inside of you, the Spirit of God enables you to live first and foremost in the mortal body but also at the same time live with God you you you're not you're not overwhelmed by his power because he chose you he chose this temple to be the dwelling place of his power on the earth of the life giving the source of life no longer is coming from heaven 
but the source of life is coming from you. You now are the, the chosen vessel that, that, that now begins to allow that river to flow out of you. Jesus says it to the woman at the well. He says, hey, listen, if you drink the water that I give you, you will not only, your thirst will not only be quenched, but also out of your belly will begin to flow rivers of living water. What is that? It's a river of life. So which means that you now are, are the, the, the conduit between heaven and earth. As you begin to, to, to receive the Holy Spirit, you the resurrection power of the Holy Spirit dwells in you now. You now begin to be the sort of, uh, you know, the, the, the source. You can point to any direction and allow that river to flow. I love gardening. And, and we have a, a, a hose in our garden that we water the plants with. You know, when, when we attach that pipe to the, to the tap, uh, you, I can decide how much power I want, how much water force I want from that tap. And when I open it, the pipe begins to have that water flowing through it. And now I can decide where I want to point this, which plant I want to water, which what do I want to wash in my garden? Do I want to wash the floor? Do I want to water the trees? Or do I want to wash their leaves? Whatever I want to do with that water, I can do it. We must understand when you identify yourself with the resurrection life of Jesus and the Holy Spirit now living on the inside of you, you become that, you become that hose now that you can start pointing into different directions, into various sources. Everything that, that now uh, is dead or dying, that is under the Adamic nature, now comes back to life, receives resurrection life. You can give resurrection life to everything that is dead or dying. Everything that, everybody that is sick, now you don't need to pray, God heal them. No, no. He says, you go heal the sick. Why? Because the river begins to flow from you. Is this this moment, these three days, is the most profound moments in our life. But it all begins with identifying yourself with Christ's death, burial, and resurrection. You can't just identify yourself with Jesus' death and his burial and leave out the resurrection part because you can't figure it out. God is so outside the bounds of, of human logic and thinking that you've got to let go of all of it in order to embrace Him. And today I want to encourage you church that step into this place where, that, where you don't have to understand everything. Step into this place where you don't have to, you know, hold on to everything. I can, I can grasp this and I, okay, okay, I, I, I only receive what I can understand. No, mysteries are, are such that, that I receive even what I don't understand. Because I understand that when I receive a seed, that seed is a living being on the inside of me, transforming me, increasing my ability to understand so that now I can become a river of life to the world that God sent his son to save. See the global transformation, Jesus started something, but we will see it to completion. 
You and I have a responsibility now to take that resurrection life that we experience in the grave with Jesus and we can point it to the schooling system. We can point it to the government. We can point it to the politicians. We can point it to religion. We can point it to every source. There, You don't have to be a Christian to experience resurrection life because everybody who is born in, in Christ, who is born after Christ, comes under the provision of Christ's death, burial, and resurrection. The provision of righteousness has been made for every single human being on the planet. In fact, that provision now empowers us, those who believe in Christ, those who identify ourselves with Christ, it gives us the power now to be a source of life to all of creation. And all of creation is looking for you, the new man. He's looking for you, the Christ man. The consciousness of Christ came into being after Jesus was dead. His dead. Jesus died, he was buried and resurrected. That consciousness is still available for you today. If you choose to process that consciousness with religion in your mind, with established religion, organized religion, you will not be able to understand. It will be a difficult thing. But if you leave organized religion aside and you embrace him as a relationship, that's when you will be, you will begin to experience his life, his death, his burial, and his resurrection. See, Jesus was sitting with his disciples in, in, um, in a room and he's like, hey, listen, I want to I wanna, I wanna spend some time with you having a meal together. And I want to teach you something. He taught his disciples. He gave them a key that unlocks fellowship or identification with Christ's death, burial and resurrection within a moment. And it's called communion. I want us right now to get ready for communion. Get ready because we're going to institute Christ's death, burial and resurrection right now or through, through this program, through this service right now. And I really believe that we're going to, as a church, as the body of Christ, we're going to experience what these three days were all about. So I want to encourage you now to get ready. We're going to get into a, a song right now of worship uh, and get your elements ready. And I, I know that your heart is already open, uh, but just uh, have, an, have an expectation of encountering God in a fresh and new way. And I'll catch you in a little bit. Bless you.